When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Miss Danielle, and this is Help a Human Out, and I am excited because if you were here last week, you know that we were talking about white supremacy and how it's bad for everybody, right? So it's going to be part two of this incredible conversation that I have with my friend Ryan Verdon. He is back. Ryan is incredible. He's an educator, author, and cultural worker based in my hometown, Minneapolis. He works with individuals and organizations to develop mindsets, okay? That's so important, mindsets, and build skills for communication across lines of difference. And he's particularly interested in looking at these intersections of race, class, and gender. Because if we don't look at the intersections, people, I'm telling you, we missing things, okay? He is super dope. He writes. You can find his writing at Teaching for Tolerance, The Good Men Project, Twin Cities Daily Planet, Teaching While White, among several other platforms. He's all over the place. He has lots of degrees, lots of everything. He's smart. He's brilliant. And he is actively trying to be anti-racist and come on somebody because that's what we need more of, all right? You can reach Ryan at info at learculturalcoaching.com, all right? All the degrees, all all the anti-racism work, all of the things. And he's back today for conversation two, part two, of our white supremacy talk. Because listen... (laughs) The overreaching impacts of white supremacy hit everyone. I know you're like, everyone? Yes, not just people of color, everyone, literally everyone. And this means white people too. So here's part two of my conversation with Ryan. There's a, a, a organizer and educator, her name's Jane Elliott, who Oh does- my God, you know I met her, right? No, see, I want to meet her. She's she's like a hero of mine. But she does Wait, this thing. No, Ryan, I'm sorry. We have to take an aside on the podcast. It happens very <laughs> rarely, but you just caused a moment. Okay. Um, I will come back to you. Do not let me forget Jane Elliott, but let me tell you what happened. This is universal intervention, Ryan. I um, was in Iowa. Okay? Yes, I know. Okay. Yeah. Right, exactly. I was in Iowa. Um, staying at an Airbnb. I, I have this really amazing talent of finding the most incredible Airbnbs. It's a, it's really a cool talent. I'll show okay. you what I do. It's I was going to say, I, I'm about to ask you to find my, my next one. Oh, I will find all of them. I've been in a, a creamery, um, but the one that I happened to go to was called um, Elliot's Airbnb. Okay. And it was an old church that was turned into an Airbnb. And I pull up and there's a car and... Uh, on the back of a car is a Bernie sticker. And I'm like, oh, the lady comes out. It's, it's this young woman. She comes out. I'm like, I like your Bernie sticker. And she goes, oh, cool. You like Bernie? I was like, I like Bernie. And we we start talking. And yeah. she says something about, I think you'd like my mom. And I go, who's your mom? And she says to me. Stop. Jane Elliott. <laughs> like and, then, and then goes. I mean, if you know who she is. And I go, the blue-eyed, brown-eyed experiment. Yeah. <laughs> L- literally, that's my response. And she yeah. goes, 
you know my mom. I was like, stop. Jane Elliott is your mom? Side note, if you're listening and you're like, wait, who is Jane Elliott? My friends, my friends, you need to know Jane Elliott. You need to understand the trailblazer that she has always been. She is a freedom fighter. She is a firecracker. She hustled me a little bit because I did meet her, Ryan, because (laughs) she said, my mom is Jane Elliott. I said, oh, my God. And she said, Where is she at? Get her on the phone. I said, she's here. She was in the kitchen. Ryan, I had a five-hour-long conversation sitting at Jane Elliott's table, her kitchen table. She was wearing that damn white sweatshirt that she's always wearing. Okay. She made me buy one, and I bought it, okay? Good, I bought the sweatshirt. I, I met Jane Elliott, and That's I spent an five story. hours listening to her Freedom Fire story. So, yes, sorry. Yeah. Sometimes help a human out, we got to take a little story but, time because it's Jane Elliott. You help a human. Being put on Jane Elliott is definitely helping humans out, for Come sure. Come on. Come and on. so, okay. yeah, the, the blue-eyed, brown-eyed experiment is what she's most, uh, like, known for and famous mm-hmm. for, which and it's it's dope. Um, but there's this there's this clip training she does where she asks this room full of white people. She's like, "Hey, uh, I want I want anybody who'd like to switch places with black people to to stand up or raise their hand. I forget exactly what it is, and mm-hmm. nobody does. And being the dope ass educator that she is, and she's funny and like witty, she's like, "Oh, y'all must have misunderstood. If you would like to switch places with a black person, stand up." And, and that's then she what waves. I mean when I say, you know. Right. And then she, and she's like, okay, so wait. Like, none of y'all stood up. Like, so don't tell me that you don't know that racism is real. Because you mm-hmm. know you don't want to live that experience. How the world sees you, the reality that you have to go through, you know you don't want to do that. Right? And you can't tell me there weren't no poor white people in there. There were, you know, rich white people, queer yeah. white people, uh, white people with disabilities. Still didn't stand All up. of that. All of them knew, hey, this shit is better being white. Yep. And so this idea that we don't know is something that I'm really interested in thinking about, right? We know, mm-hmm. but I don't think what I, and this is where I'm like, hey, I love my people. Like, I, I really do. I love my people. I don't think we know what to do. I I don't think, I'm not so sure we, any of us know what to do at this well, point. Well, and that's Ryan. the thing is, and the ironic thing about that is, that's some white shit. It's mm-hmm. to have to have a plan for what to do as opposed to let's just stop do some shit. do some self-reflection, show up a little bit differently, be willing to admit when you don't know what you don't know. Be Check in genuine ego. relationship. Yeah, don't yeah. take things personally. Um, you know, all the things that that we that we do in our healthy relationships, right? You know, it's it's interesting to me when we talk about like, oh, we know. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if if we know it. And it's like, that's where I'm at, right? Like, I know I have all this fight in me, Ryan. Like, I'm like, I'm willing to die for this. Like, uh, there's no question. I'm willing to die for my freedom, the freedom of people who look like me. And I, I, I just know that to my soul. And also, I don't really know what to do anymore. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to do. And so I do know we're not going to get anywhere when we don't have the conversations, right? Like, I do know that, when Claire said to me, you know, I don't know anybody like you. You just you just always say something. I wasn't always this way, but with practice makes perfect. And now it's such a right. normal part of who I am that I don't even have to think twice about it. If you say something in front of me that is going to cause harm to anybody, anybody, yeah. I'm going to say something. Because that is because I lead with integrity, right? Because that's yeah. who I am. And so, you know, I don't know if people... 
if people forget, you know, and we talk about like that moving from me to we, I don't know if people forget or if some people just really don't lead with integrity. But I think, I mean, I think, I think there's certainly the, some of that, right? Like there's yeah. ops out here. There's like, let's, let me not, let me not um, pretend like there's not white supremacists and Nazis and bigots and like, oh, they're out here. Definitely. For sure, right? Like they're out 100%. here for sure. Um, and I don't think, I, I, I don't think all the people who aren't that feel as empowered to show up in ways that interrupt that yep. and disrupt that as they could. And that's the group I'm really interested in, right? That's what I'm saying. You know, you know, all I want, I feel like this isn't asking for too much, but I feel like as loud as the real racists are, I just wish the non-racists were as loud. Right? We got these racists who are like flying Confederate flags. They're they're screaming. They're still like, Ryan, when I tell you I I was in Virginia two years ago and came face to face with the Ku Klux Klan and they were suited and booted. I they were it. hooded up, okay? Yeah, like I, 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 I came into contact with them, and this yeah. was two years ago. So yeah. that's mind blowing to me. But I just—I mean, I, they were here in in Minneapolis during the uprisings. They were uh-huh. they were out here. I saw them. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they're, they're out here. here for sure. They're definitely here. So I wish that for me to hear them and have to see them and see their Confederate flags. I wish the people. Um, I, I wish the people who don't like them and I wish the people who want real real equity, real equality, real things that matter, I wish they were equally as loud because I think what happens yeah. is, is they freeze and then they don't say nothing and then yep. it just seems like all the racists are much louder. For sure. For sure. For sure. No, I feel that. I share that wish. What What's your push for white people? Yeah, this is... So, I'm about to tell this story and uh, one of my... A person I facilitate with, she's an elder um, and, and a mentor of mine uh, Anika Nyla, she'll she'll get a kick out of out of me telling this story because she has to hear me say it so often <laughs> and stuff. But I'm gonna say it right now because I think it's so good. But have you ever seen the Mask of Zorro? No, but I know. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but not the, all the way the, through, like, But that's because uh, I got Antonio ADHD. Antonio, Antonio Banderas, Banderas and Anthony yep. Hopkins joint. All right, so there's uh-huh. a scene in there that I show when I do these trainings and I'm coaching. Um, and it's right when Antonio Banderas is training to become Zorro, right? Like mm. Anthony Hopkins is like doing like uh, the cop. I forget his name. He uh, he had, he's killed Antonio Banderas's brother, and so he's training. And Anthony Hopkins is is showing him the training circle, and it's like concentric circles, right? So if you're for the listeners, just picture concentric circles. That's on the floor, and there's a medallion on his necklace that it has the concentric circles, mm-hmm. and so. Anthony Hopkins is like, we're going to train. This is your world, this circle, right? This inner circle. And he's training. And Antonio Banderas is like, yeah, and then the circle is going to get bigger until I get Mr. 12 or whoever shot his, his brother, right? Like, who killed his brother? Yep. He's like, yeah, my circle is going to get bigger. I'm going to get so many skills, my circle will get bigger. And Anthony Hopkins is like, no, your circle gets smaller. You focus on yourself so much that the world comes to you. I know and I that's really, right. I really think that that's there's so I work with so many people, or and let me not even externalize myself. I can get in my head and say like, what do I need to do right right now? There's rent control in St. Paul and Minneapolis. I want to see that passed. The St. Paul one is opposed, like uh, as far as anybody that I know has researched, is the most um, like tenant friendly rent control in the country. Mm-hmm. And right now, like. Rent is so damn high. Everywhere, a single mom can't afford a two-bedroom 
apartment in any state in the country. Oh right? my goodness. Like you can't you can't do it on mi- minimum wage. It's not enough to to afford rent in a two bedroom in anywhere in the country. That shit is ridiculous, right? Um and if you don't think that that's racial justice, that's disproportionately impacting black and brown people. And poor white people are broke as hell too in that. We all benefit mm-hmm. from dismantling we the white supremacy from- that underscores that. Just yes. just want to be clear uh, about a real just tangible way that we benefit. Circling it back right <laughs> yeah, there. I like just, how you did that. Just I like underscoring how you did that. that. But um, in my life, I can get so in my head about all the things that I want to do or the things I want to talk about and all that. That, But the most effective I am is when I actually pause, do my mindfulness, sit with myself and think about how did I treat my daughter's mother? How did I treat the queer people in my life? How did I treat yep. the, you know what I mean, the women in my life to interrupt masculinity? How did I show up um, in the relationships across lines of difference? And in the situations I that I com- could disrupt whiteness, what yeah. did I do? And did, did I have those what opportunities? what didn't I do? Or what did, and, and that's the thing is like, we're always like, what do we do? And that implies, I think, and I don't think, I don't think we really know this. I think it's a human thing, but I think it's important for white people to particularly pay attention to. When we ask that question, it implies that we don't think that there's anything directly in our lives that we can do. And when we stop and think about it, the world comes to us and we got plenty of opportunities every single day to do something that's anti-racist. Oh, right? absolutely. There, and that's why, like, I was walking my dog. I was on Facebook Live. I jumped on a Facebook Live a few months ago. Uh, not even a few months ago. Like, maybe a month, six weeks ago. I was walking my dog in my apartment complex. And uh, his name's Mike. I didn't get his last name, so he's going to stay Mike. I was yelling at these three black boys for being in the pool. And, like, if I was in my head thinking about all the anti-racist shit I want to do and how bad racism is, I wouldn't have interrupted in that moment. And I wouldn't have put him on that. He would have called the police, and who knows how that would have ended. It don't end well for young black men in this country. Newsflash, spoiler alert, if you ain't been paying attention forever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? And it's just things like that, right? There are opportunities. There's the opportunity when some dude in your workplace says something flagrantly sexist, right? There's the opportunity when you're looking at resumes to notice how your biases are showing up. And so this idea that we don't know what to do and not that it's not real, it is. I think it's real as hell. It can be overwhelming because the problem is huge and humongous and sophisticated and complex. The answer is to bring to focus so intensely on yourself and what your locus of control is that the rest of the world comes to you. Oh my God. Okay, a whole damn sermon. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One of my favorite people in the entire universe is Fred Rogers, was Fred Rogers. And 
um, as an empath who feels deeply, yeah. I have been crippled by many things. And what I mean is I've been crippled by, uh, you know, Columbine. You know, literally, right. missed, literally missed a week of school. Could not fathom that there were humans that existed that were capable. That were that hurt to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And so I used to think about saving the world, right? I used to think about saving the world constantly. How do I save the world? How do I help these people? How do I save them? How do I... And my, like you said, my focus was so macro, right? It was on such a macro level. I got to save the world. I got to save the world. To the point where... It was so exhausting that I started to not even see good in the world anymore because I was so hell-bent on saving the world. If you're going to save the world, then you have to know all the wrong things with it, right? Yeah. And what happens is, is you lose sight of the good and the light. And why I love Fred Rogers so much is Fred Rogers said, look for the helpers, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to push people to say, don't just look for the helpers. You got to be a fucking helper. Yeah. Like literally, you cannot just look for the helpers. You have to be a helper. And and so, like you said, we got to get out of our heads and stop thinking like, oh, what do what do I do? No, we can't save the world, but you better save yourself. If you are what, not and- living with integrity, if you are not walking with integrity, if you are not in alignment with the thing, if Amen. you are feeling so much resistance with who you are right now, it is literally because you are not in alignment with who you're supposed to be. Right. Amen. Period. Yeah. And that's not to say, I want to be clear too, because I think that's, there's also some, this piece of like, particularly white people will get into that, like, this meta, almost meta place of like, I'm just focused on myself. Oh, and then yeah. they're letting all this that. harm go. And so I'm saying like, you have an opportunity to interrupt, interrupt all the yes. time and it will come to you. You ain't got to go look for it. No. That's how insidious these things are. They are going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Be ready you, when they, uh, they, you know the, what I mean? The problem like, is, You've witnessed it so many times, but you weren't paying not, attention exactly. because it didn't impact you. Exactly. <laughs> open your ears. Yeah. Turn your turn your eyes. Open your eyes yeah. wide. Let them ear listen. Right. Because I promise you, it has happened over and over right. and over and over again in front of you. But because it didn't directly impact you, you didn't hear it. Now is the time to listen. Exactly. Exactly. Because um, I will tell you right now, the people of color in your life, the people of color around you, the people of color in general are tired of being the people who have to protect us when there are so many of you standing there. Look, and that's what I try to, like, uh, people, there's a couple, like, one, I want to say that, like, I think for white folks that are listening, I, I, I want to offer that it's not people of color's job to end racism. It's our job. And so that's not saying go, go take up space and and bulldoze the way that whiteness tells us to but it is saying we got you got to figure out something in yourself to to be active like get active you know what i mean like get active mm-hmm. um and getting active can be you know playing the back and support roles in different for different organizations and stuff but it also better be being hella vocal in your circles cuz chances are your circles are hella white right it better be being hella vocal at your thanksgiving it better be and why we even celebrate like Give gratitude. I'm cool about that. But, like, you better be talking about you're on stolen indigenous land. And, right. Like, how are we going to give land back? And I don't know if y'all checked out uh, Wazia Ta Win wrote, What Does Justice Look Like? And mm-hmm. it's about Dakota people here in Minnesota. But the state of Minnesota could literally give back land to the Dakota people that's not used, that the state just has. There's absolutely no reason that that's not happening. Right? So, like, we oh have we can't, get, we can't get in this, um, you know, land acknowledgments are the work. Or... Here's a one piece for white people. And I've been in this place. So I'm saying I see you. I, I recognize it because I was there of mm-hmm. like, 
oh, I just want to acknowledge my privilege. And then that's it. Like, that shit's dead. We already know your privilege. I'm glad you yes. know your privilege. What are we going to do about that? That's called the, the confessional in, like, the liter- in the academic literature. Like, we don't need the white confessional. That's also not the work, right? And so take advantage of that. Yeah, the people who drop money, every, they're like, oh, I give money to Black Lives Matter every month. That's good. Thanks. And yeah. also, you right. could just tell your racist neighbor to stop being racist. Right. <laughs> or, and then how about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, do that. And, and- go for rent control. <laughs> And you know, do the things that actually benefit people. Like, this is this is an example. And then I, I, and then I'm gonna remember what I was gonna come back to because it connects. But like, after the uprisings and the summer of racial reckoning, so many cities had Black Lives Matter planned. You know, I mean, painted on their roads and and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, that's dope. And it pissed off a bunch of racists. You know, what I mean, you saw the viral videos of old white oh, people yeah, and, just like painting over, over yeah. it and shit. Yeah, like, oh, cool, y'all pissed them off. That. I mean, that's dope. And, like, I'm not saying that rhetorical gestures like that and, like, shifts in um, but also, what's welcomed into the conversation. Into communities, but also, uh, how, how are my babies not able to read in eighth grade? Oh, but well, also- that, yeah. And, or how about even directly related to that cause was ending qualified immunity for the police. Oh, okay. Like, Easy. 27 cities did that and only two states did that. Or something, like, two cities or two states ended qualified immunity. And it's like, okay, that's not like paint Black Lives Matter on a on a on a thing. Like all that is like, well, cool, that's what it is. And if shit ain't gonna change, it don't matter. It's a look, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Keep like, that. Keep that. I would much you rather gonna, you keep that. How you gonna have me Juneteenth? Something. How you gonna do Juneteenth and then not talk about reparations? So, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not oh, saying it's an either or. Why ain't we doing both of those? Like, right. why why ain't why ain't that happening? If we can acknowledge the the institution of slavery, which is what acknowledging Juneteenth does, right, and more so than mm-hmm. any of our other holidays, mm-hmm. then we better move towards reparations and repair for that harm. Yeah. Which is again, you know, I was um, I practiced I'm, uh, I practiced, I was the restorative justice coordinator at uh, Minneapolis Public Schools this last year, and that was such a huge part of like the racial justice work is like how do we actually repair. Right. And like the work of Adrian Brown and like and we will not cancel us was such a phenomenal book and like guidepost. And at some level and I don't I don't think we're here right now on a a mass scale. But at some level, we're going to have to have like a healing conversation across race. Right. Like Mm -hmm. white people got a lot of work to do to prepare for that, though, first. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think black people are so tired. That I I'm I, I I'm a very nice patient person, but I don't I, I'm at my patient end with me saying I'm uncomfortable here or this is unsafe for me and somebody meeting me with ego, like don't yeah. how dare you if I'm telling you on I'm, I'm unsafe this is causing harm and I'm not even coming at you crazy I'm telling you hey this is impacting me this way and you want to come back with oh you're calling me racist. I'm like I'm not about cancer. <laughs> I wasn't, people. but now I am. Right. Like, um, I, that's not what I said, but okay. But it's right. like, you know, I hate cancel culture. I, uh, except for R. Kelly. Like, I hate cancel culture, right? <laughs> but well, no, we canceled his ass majorly. Yeah, but. but I don't like cancel culture because I firmly believe that like change is real, right? Like I believe that the only really constant thing in life is transition and like change. And so 
I feel like canceling people for some shit they said a decade ago, it, you know, is stupid because I believe that people can shift. I mean, here you are talking about earlier that you didn't think white privilege was like a thing. You were oh, like, yeah. whatever, I was poor, this, this, that, you know? So, you know, I know people can grow and I know people can shift, but I can tell you right now that that shift has to happen and it has to be aggressive and it needs to be fast and quick because yeah. we are so tired. Yeah. Like legitimately yeah. so tired. No, and I don't I mean. have the patience to beg, plead, cry, negotiate with y'all to come on board. Like, yeah, it just, it, it is what it is. We, we've yeah. talked about it. We've established it. And if you can't see that white supremacy is bad for white people too... And I'm telling you, Ryan's telling you, I don't know right. what the hell. Then Look, you don't want to know. You don't want to hear it. White people, listen to Miss Danielle. Let's listen to the urgency and let's get to work because it's urgent as hell. I know it's that's urgent right. as hell. The one thing that that does make me when I think about like what's something tangible that actually really does help me. So if you're a yes. white person listening right now, or even anybody listening right now, I think one of the really insidious things that we have been caught in because there's a lot of good reason is like. Um, that there's no anti-racist examples from the past, right? Like, we don't talk—I taught history. Mm. And I I didn't teach about, you know, like, we weren't—that's not in the standard. John Brown's not in the standard. Nope. Um, you know what I mean? Miles Horton, most people have never heard of him, right? No, most people don't know what the Highlander Center is. Uh, most people don't know, like, Ann Sullivan's anti-racist history. You want, But here's the best example— Everybody knows who Einstein is. Yeah. Everybody knows who Einstein is. Most people don't know that that dude said, whiteness is a disease that's killing white people, and I have no intention of being silent about it. And co-founded an anti-lynching organization with Paul Robeson, lectured at HBCUs. Like, imagine what would happen to to white people now. Our ability or our—when you can imagine— Oh my god. An anti-racist role model. You you can easily say like, "Well, I don't, you know what I mean? I want to be like that." Yeah. But we get told our role models are Robert E. Lee's looking ass and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and fuck all of them. And yes, I said it. I don't give a shit that you thought yeah. slavery was bad. Your ass owned slaves and was raping Sally Hemings. You're listen, not my hero. Listen. Period. Period. And just took and just took the Robert E. Lee, the Robert E. Lee statue down in in Old Town Alexandria where I was living. Just took it down a just year ago. Like, yeah, that's just wild. You know what I'm wild. saying? And so I think like if you if you are seriously thinking about what um what does this look like or need some motivation, we actually have ancestors. We have mm-hmm. we have a history of white people knowing that the shit was wrong. And moving in ways that interrupted it. And I encourage you to go find some of those people, right? I know that's um, right. And and that's that's what I think when I think about like what what do I hope that I leave here is that is like, yo, I I did right, I did wrong, I made mistakes, I hope I owned the mistakes and repaired the harm that I committed, because mm-hmm. I'm sure I have and will in the future. And I tried my best to disrupt some shit that was really harmful. Right? That's that's what I want to do. I know that's right. I always say, I don't care what anybody does as long as they're not causing harm. And I mean that about myself too, right? Like, yeah. I don't ever want to cause harm. And so I think when we know, and we know, we've established that we all know, right? So it's right. the elephant in the room. If we know that this is so harmful and it's been causing harm and it's consistently caused harm, right? 
how are we not prioritizing this? How is it not at the forefront of all of our minds? Right. And so that's that's where we have to be. That's where we have to be. And I think that it starts with these conversations. And I'm so grateful, right. Ryan, for the work that you do, for the person that you are, and for the... I got to Google some of the shit you said. Let me tell you. I gotta, <laughs> I'm going to have to go get my game up, okay? Because I'm like, man, nah. he knows his stuff. But I'm, I really appreciate you, and I can't wait uh, for more people. I'm so thankful for the opportunity and to be able to chop it up with you. I hope by now that I don't have to tell you that white supremacy is bad. I think we all know. I believe that. Well, not all of us, to be clear. Most of us know that white supremacy is bad. But I think when we think about white supremacy, we think about white supremacy only being bad for people who are not white. But the truth is, if some of us are not free, then all of us are not free. And if I sound exasperated, it's because I am. It's because we're teaching things that one would assume is common sense, but it's not. And here in 2021, when we are still fighting for equity and still fighting for inclusion and still fighting for freedom and peace and all the things and not having militarized police gun people down or kneel on people's necks, it is not as common sense as we think. And so these conversations, although uncomfortable, have to happen. And so we all have to be a part of dismantling these oppressive systems. We all play a role in this. And not just because I'm Black and it impacts me and it's going to impact my children, because it impacts everyone, because I prioritize humanity, because capitalism can't be at the forefront of everything. People have to be. It has to be people over profit. And if it's not, we're doing something wrong. And to be clear, we're doing something wrong. (laughs) Because that is what's happening right now. We are absolutely doing something wrong and we all have to do better. We all have to do better. And I believe that we will do better. I do. I want to thank Ryan for his time, his expertise, um, his, his brilliant gems that he dropped all over Help a Human Out. So thank you so much, Ryan. And I also want to take this time to be very real with you. Help a Human Out is my baby. It is something that means so much to me, something that I pour a lot of love, time, and energy into. And on the flip side and behind the scenes, there are some people who also pour a lot of time, energy, and love into this project. And um, here's where the full vulnerability and transparency comes into play. And I believe that these moments are important because what you get when you listen to Help a Human Out is a super dope podcast put on by three people, literally. Me, Uh, Red from Red Rock Music and Emma, my executive producer. And then shout out to Acast who who actually puts the podcast out. We originally were a podcast that was created by Still Kicking. And Still Kicking was um, a business who did a lot of good and they wanted to do more good. And so they said, let's do a podcast about good things. And when we started, Still Kicking was a business and they were able to pay us, right? I was making a good amount of money for hosting this podcast. Emma and Red were also making money for producing and um, doing the production and everything of this podcast. And then Still Kicking dissolved. The business portion of Still Kicking dissolved, rest in peace, because the business was incredible and lots of things were happening. But as a result, Help a Human Out was supposed to end. 
And here we are not ended. And why is that? Because we believed in what we were doing. We believed in it so much. It mattered so much to us that we did it for free. We have been putting out episodes of Help a Human Out for free for months. For months. We have put out so many episodes for free. And it's important. It's good work. But good work still has to be lucrative. It still has to pay my people. And it still has to pay me. I'm a mom. I have kids. And this work is so good and it's so needed. And I don't know how much more of myself I can continue to give when people don't want to back something. So here, here's the deal. We are going to take a hiatus because I need to find some money. Because I need to pay my people and I need to pay myself. And while this work is so good and help a human out is so important, it can't happen without my team being paid and without people being supported for their time and energy and their sweat and tears that they pour into this podcast. So if you do listen to this podcast and you love this podcast and you want to continue to listen to Help a Human Out, and please, I hope you do, give. Give to this podcast. Absolutely give to this podcast because we want to do this work, but we can't do it for free anymore and we're asking for your help. If you know grants, if you have people who want to back good projects, let us know. I have no problem asking. Hello, give us the money, please. Everybody wants to keep up with billionaire families. People love drama. They will sit through podcasts that only talk about sadness or pain or anger. And here we are in a really weird situation where we want people to grow. Everybody's not ready to grow, and I get that but it doesn't mean that this podcast is not necessary. And it is. And if you want to grow, this is the place to be. We will push you every single episode. We will push you to be better. Not just for you, but for everybody. We will question your, we will make you question your thinking, your perspective. And you don't have to walk away and take everything we say, but you'll walk away changed. I know that. You'll think a little bit differently. You'll have a little more hope. And you'll want to show up different in this world and be a better version of yourself. We don't want you to be unrecognizable. We want you to be the best version of yourself. The other day, my partner said to my daughter, well, my daughter was perplexed that there could be people in the world who didn't like me. (laughs) And I said, no, baby, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Everybody doesn't like mommy. And that's okay because everyone doesn't have to like me. We're having this conversation and who wouldn't like you, mommy? And Jeff, my partner, says, People who don't want to grow are not going to like mommy because mommy pushes everybody to be her, to be their best. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. And we want to continue help a human out. I want to continue help a human out. I think that we need to help all the humans. But I also know that my team has put in so much work for free and for that I am eternally grateful. Red and Emma, thank you for the work that you do every single week and especially dealing with me and my ADHD brain. Thank you. You are doing good work. I hope you feel it. I know you feel it in your soul, but I also would like you to feel it in your pockets. So here I am on the interwebs asking y'all to do what y'all do best. Keep it. 
let's not let this die. Let's find a way to continue help a human out because the stories are important, because the topics are important, because storytelling saves lives and because we need your help. We need your help. Don't let this die because it's not, because we're just getting started. We're just getting started and we could use your help. If you have any questions that you would like us to answer or you want to send us some money, okay, hahopodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at hahopodcast. I'm going to set up a Patreon. We're going to figure this out. I'm going to look for all the grants. I don't want this to die. I can't let this one die. This one is such a part of my spirit. I can't do it. So help me, please. I'm your host, Miss Danielle. Our executive producer is Emma Martins, working for free right now, just working. Just thank you, Emma. Help a Human Out is produced by Red Rock Music, also working for free, just so, just out here, just doing good for free. And it's powered by ACAST. Pretty sure ACAST always makes money, so we love you, ACAST. Thank you. We'll see you next time, which I'm not sure what next time will be, but hopefully there's a next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.